y'all. You're listening to Crying and Trying, the podcast, the comprehensive guide for cultivating emotional intelligence in a fucked up world. This podcast focuses on how oppressive systems and the human experience interact and impact our mental health. As a disclaimer, I am not a licensed mental health care professional or an expert. I am just one human who has lived through the mental health experience, sharing my story and giving my advice. Please, if you or someone you know needs help, seek it out immediately by a professional. I will have hotlines, warm lines, and other support resources available in the show notes. Hello, my friends. Um, This is my first episode that I have recorded in the year of 2024. It's definitely going to be a much later episode for you guys, but it's exciting that the podcast has made it to 2024. Um, so I actually had a therapy session that was really difficult. Um, and I'm annoyed with myself because I, um, have been trying to not have therapy during the workday because it's overwhelming sometimes. Like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't know what's going to come up. So I don't know what we're going to talk about or what's going to come up in the session. And it can sometimes be really difficult to go back to work um, at the end. And that is what ended up happening. So I normally have like a set day off every week and... um I wasn't thinking about the holiday. So when I scheduled out my appointments, I've just been doing it for like every appointment I make, I make another one two weeks out um, for the same day, similar time of day, try to keep it as consistent as possible. And I was like, yes, okay, so I won't have work. And then I did because of New Year's. So I ended up having New Year's Day off and that was my day off for the week. Um... And so I had therapy while I was at work, which is always hard for me, and um, it was a challenging session. We, to put it in perspective, I took two full pages of notes, um, and I normally don't write that much down. Um, I also just want to contextualize, so I did change my meds again. Um, So I've been on my new meds for about a month, and now we're weaning me off of one of my... um, one of the ones that we don't think is really doing much for me anymore. Um, And so, you know, going into this session, I was like, I'm not really sure what is causing all the feelings I'm having right now. Um, So, I mean, before I want to get into the session, I want to backtrack a little bit. So we, we, I was we at the time. I released an episode, um, my first or my second and third episodes of this show were when I still had a co-host, Allie, um, where we introduced the ruler method um, as an emotional intelligence, uh, you know, method for, or like as a, (laughs) a method for building your emotional intelligence. And then we talked about some in the third episode, some tools that you can use to identify your emotions. So I went back and I listened to both of these episodes so I could, you know, remember exactly what it was we talked about, get some context. And wowie zowie, I I need to do some of this work. And this is what came up in that therapy session as well. So this came up in the therapy session as well. And I think it might link back to 
um, you know, when I said I felt like I wasn't emoting um, the right way or I wasn't emoting anymore or how I'm used to is that I'm not really identifying my emotions and I'm just kind of dealing with them without really figuring out what is at the the root of it. Um, and so this therapy session uh, was a lot about, you know, noticing these different parts and, um, and figuring out what those parts were feeling. Um, and this does, this is what we do in a lot of our sessions, but this one specifically, we were really focusing on like, I don't know what it is that I'm feeling. And so um, I went back and listened to these episodes and I was like, Jesus, shit, I have a lot of work to do in this area um, where, you know, I'm taking time to recognize what I'm feeling, taking note of it, taking stock of it. And then also, um, you know, labeling it and expressing my emotions. And I think what's been happening is I've been having these emotions and I've kind of just been shoving them under the carpet. So I'm not really dealing with anything. I'm not really having any reflection on what I'm feeling or doing except for when I'm in therapy. And, you know, I think that's a really common thing as well to just, um, to have a hard time doing your therapy homework outside of therapy. Like, and my therapist was like, you know, I was in this spot too, where it was really challenging for me to, to do the work except for when I was in therapy. And then I feel overwhelmed because it's, it's too much. Um, and, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like I, I'm doing this work and it's really hard work and it's, and it's just in this one moment um, in therapy that I'm analyzing and, you know, I want to be able to do this in my everyday life and how can I do it in my everyday life if, um, you know, I can't even do it when I'm being guided by my therapist and, you know, it starts to spiral, starts to catastrophize, you know. Um, so I felt like maybe it was time to revisit the ruler method. Um, so I'm going to give a quick outline of the ruler method and then of those tools that I go more in depth on in episodes two and three. So season one, episode two, season one, episode three. Um, so the ruler method is this framework that I was introduced to when I was a teacher, um, for social emotional learning. So ruler is an acronym. It stands for recognize, understand, label, express and regulate. So those are the different things that you can do with your emotions and the different steps you can take to build some emotional intelligence. So, um, you know, we, I talked about, uh, what the whole thing was. We talked about R, so recognizing your emotions. And, um, we also kind of jumped ahead to labeling your emotions. Um, so, that's where I am going to pick back up. So I know in the first episode I did say, or in this, blah, blah, blah. In the first episode in this series, I did say that, like, it's best if you, um, if you do these steps in order. And again, yes, that's going to be the most, uh, 
foundational way to do this, like it, where everything builds on itself. But as I also mentioned, we are all adults. And so we are able to do these steps more concurrently without having to do them piecewise. So this is going to be another episode on, um, you know, labeling and identifying your emotions and a tool that you can use for that. So in the third episode, I talk about different tools um, that you can use to identify your emotions, including a feelings wheel and a mood meter. Um, So the mood meter is actually what is going to be the tool that I am introducing today. And I'm going to have this be um, like, I'm going to check in in a few days to see how this is going. So I already have apps that I use to track Um, symptoms and moods and, um, you know, things that I'm doing throughout the day. The app calls them factors. Um, And then I have like, you know, my Fitbit. So I have all these things where I'm tracking my body and everything. And what I've noticed is that in the, my main app, the mood, I usually just do a number and a face scale. Like, and then don't go and pick the individual emotions. It does have emotions listed out, but it's just a list. And it's kind of hard to um, pick from that list if you don't really know exactly what it is that you're feeling. So I think that's part of why I haven't been using that part of the app as much. Um, So in listening to this episode, I remembered that we assigned ourselves homework to download a mood meter app and use it. Um, And so I am going to download this app. I'm going to start using it. I actually really like it already. So it's called How We Feel. Um, You do a little check-in. So I'm going to do it right now. And it's kind of set up like a mood meter. Um, So it has four colors, red, which is high energy and unpleasant, Yellow, which is high energy and pleasant. Blue, which is low energy and unpleasant. And green, which is low energy and pleasant. Um, So you can look at this as like the pleasantness scale and the energy scales and try to figure out which quadrant you're in. So um, I don't know. Right now I'm kind of mid energy. So I'm going to go more on the low energy side because I'm still a little tired and sleepy but pleasant. Um, so I'm going to click on the green circle and then it opens up this whole chart of green emotions that you can have and you can scroll through, um, and see what the different things are. So there's like blissful, fulfilled, respected, loved, connected, supported, understood, appreciated, thoughtful, relaxed, comfortable, peaceful, Thankful, relieved, safe, satisfied, serene. I don't know. That's not really um, feeling it. So I'm going to go into the high energy and the pleasant. And so I guess, um, so that's the thing is, you know, this, oh, wow, I like this. I didn't notice this before. So each Emotion has a shape. Like when you scroll onto it, um, the bubble, if they're all circles, they turn into a a specific shape. And then when you highlight on that bubble, it gives you a definition of the emotion. So I highlighted on productive um, and it 
says productive is feeling like you are accomplishing your tasks or achieving your goals. So that's what I'm going to feel right now. What was I doing when I was feeling productive? Um, so I was, uh, recording and then, so you can click on multiple events. So I was recording by myself at home. Describe what might be causing you to feel productive. Okay, so right now I am... So describe what might call me to cause me to feel productive. So I am taking a picture of the microphone um, because that is my... What I'm doing right now. So the thing that I'm doing is um, in-depth podcast work. Because recently when I've been doing the podcast, it's just kind of been recording. I haven't been doing any editing or listening back or any planning out episodes. Um, And I did that today. You're able to put in the time, the weather, the sleep, and the exercise. So I put the time in. Um, The other options weren't there. So you can, if you want to change how you're feeling, you can try a strategy. I'm not going to do that right now. I don't feel like I need to. Um, And that's, I'm checking in on the app. So over time, you can do this and you go in and you um, figure out how you're feeling. And this was what had come out of my therapy session is that I need to practice this a little bit um, because I was having a really hard time. I was having a really hard time with just being able to identify the emotions and, um, you know, figuring out maybe why I was feeling those. Um, but really it was just recognizing and noticing. And that's, that's the first step of the ruler method is to recognize. And as you can see, I'm bypassing it already. Like I'm going to the L I'm, I'm going to the labeling. Like I want to figure out what it is. Um, and so this was, um, a lot of, the sessions. Okay. So in this therapy session, um, I took a lot of notes. And so one of my parts is a note-taking part. And, you know, my therapist is really good at just pointing things out and noticing things, which is what I need to be working on. Um, and I am not as good at that. I, it's, I can notice it, but then it's like, I, I don't know how to figure out what it is. Hmm, I don't know how to figure it out. Okay. So this is the other thing. I had a lot of parts that were, um, present in this session. I had a part that was the need to fix it part. I have the, I don't know part that is a protector, um, trying to like keep me from feeling a certain thing. So it says, I don't know. I have a part that was overwhelmed. I had a part that was, you know, scared. I had a part that was the asking why I have a figure it out part, which I may have already said. Um, I can't remember honestly, but, um, so all of these different parts. So all of these different parts are showing up and, um, I immediately start off the therapy session by being like, you know, where is this anxiety coming from? I'm not sure why I'm anxious, what and then like we were talking about crying and how i haven't been crying as much lately 
And then, um, you know, I'm on this med change and now I'm like starting to cry in my therapy session and I don't know why. And I'm like, well, why am I crying? And, you know, (laughs) I I really kind of wish that I had had this app at that point so that I could attract my mood um, to see, you know, what was kind of coming up. But we, we talked about my crying a lot and, um, you know, I wrote down that, um, I associate crying with anxiety or I associate anxiety with crying or both or neither. And it, it changes in different situations. But I think that, you know, when I start to cry, it makes me feel anxious or I'm anxious and I start to cry. Both may be true, but for now, let's say, you know, I am anxious. So I start crying. I associate crying with the feeling of anxiety and crying is a good thing. Like crying, your body needs to cry. It's cleansing. Um, it's a good way to help you release your emotions. Um, instead of keeping it in your body, which is what I feel like I've been doing a little bit lately. Um, And so, you know, there's some part that associates crying with bad things. And I logically, the self, you know, me, I know that crying is not necessarily a bad thing. However, um, you know, I was also talking about how I haven't been crying as much at work. And my therapist was like, well, yeah, I mean, maybe you are doing a healthy coping strategy, but in a maladaptive situation. So like, yes, crying is a good thing, but maybe like sobbing while you're at work is not the best idea. And like, while yes, it's, I'm in a situation where I have been, um, where I felt like I couldn't, couldn't contain it. I couldn't control the crying. Um, it's, it ends up being, um, you know, uncomfortable for other people and not really a a good coping skill then because I'm associating it with, um, you know, not being in the right environment. And then that makes me feel like crying is bad. And again, I'm not sure if this is exactly what is going on, but this is what I had written down. And again, I'm trying to figure things out. That part is taking over. That part wants to get ahead of the game so it can know exactly what's happening and have the answer all the time. Um, and I don't need to know the have the answer all the time. I I can just notice that I'm crying. Um, I can notice and get curious about things and try to really figure out what it is that I am feeling before I figure out where it's coming from or why. Um, And in this acronym, the U is the understand. So it's understanding the causes and consequences of our actions. But honestly, I feel like sometimes you need to label the the emotion and the feeling first. Um, And so, you know, a lot of this session was me figuring out that, like, I need to do a lot more noticing in my everyday, Um, you know, And I I was doing a lot of noticing in this session. Like at one point I folded my arms and um, it's a telehealth session. And I noticed that and immediately uncrossed my arms. And I brought it up later and my therapist was like, oh, I didn't even notice that. Excellent job on noticing. And then there was like, you know, something that I had said. I stopped mid-sentence because I'm noticing that, um, you know, the connotation that I had with it. Um, So... You know, we talked about these different parts, and I may get into those parts in more depth later, um, but 
the big thing that I noticed in this session and that she was trying to get me to notice is that I had a lot of parts that were activated. A lot of parts were coming out, were making themselves known. And then, you know, I kept talking about um, how and why you know, I, I kept, couldn't stop talking about how I just wanted to figure out what was going on. I wanted to figure out where I was coming from. I wanted to fix it. I wanted to solve the problem. And like, that's not what is going to be helpful for me. What my therapist kept saying, she said, you can't fix something if you don't know what it is. And so I'm jumping ahead and I'm trying to fix these emotions or fix the situation or whatever it may be. And I don't even know what the, what the emotions that I'm feeling are. Um, and as someone who, you know, has this podcast and has been doing this podcast for a few years, you know, you would think that maybe I'd, I'd have (laughs) better, uh, skills at, at identifying my emotions, but it's hard. It's hard. We weren't handed feelings wheels as kids. We weren't handed these blueprints for these different emotions. And I, I feel like in doing this app again, um, or again, so exploring this app and trying to really start utilizing um, tools to help me understand my feelings and, and broaden my emotional intelligence vocabulary with the different feelings. I am noticing that there are a lot of feelings that are not just like emotions. Because I feel like I conflate the two. But a feeling is often like a state of being. So like it... it I had productive, um, you know, productive isn't an emotion, but it is a feeling. And when I am productive, it makes me, it makes me feel good, right? It it makes me feel positive. It makes me feel accomplished. And so, you know, I guess maybe those are, um, feelings and emotions, but that's the thing is like, you know, uh, my therapist was said there's over 500 human emotions. I want to know. First. So there's 27 distinct emotions. Okay, so now there's also this. Um, so there's like core feelings, main feelings, and then there's also like really um, specific contextualized feelings. Um, so the primary emotions are like anger, fear, sadness, joy, disgust, surprise, trust, and anticipation. And then you can get more and more specific within that. So this, I'm looking at a link that says there's 34,000 different human emotions, which feels, um, very high, but you know, when you're talking about this, so like if I, I went in and I picked, um, high energy and pleasant and I picked productive prior to, having that in that list, I maybe wouldn't have chosen that I feel productive. The thing that really struck me from this is her repeatedly saying, you can't fix it if you don't know what it is. And so, you know, realizing that there's these much more hyper-specific emotions that I can choose from, um, I I really think that that utilizing this app is going to help me a lot. Um, Um, so, you know, this session was really hard for me and I noticed that a lot, that I was feeling a lot of resistance. I was feeling, um, you know, my body tensing up. I I kept going into these, uh, 
postures where I was closing myself off from my therapist, turning my body away, crossing my arms. Again, I don't know. It could have just been a thing of comfort because I was in my coworker's car um, because I had planned poorly. Um, But I was very overwhelmed and a lot of parts were activated. And so then I was like, you know, I don't I was talking about how I really struggled with how abstract this framework is. Um, and I do, I love IFS therapy, but it is very, very abstract. And I, there's a part of me that really wants the concrete, um, wants something tangible, wants like a worksheet, wants a map that I need to fill out or something like that. And that's just not the way it is. Everybody's system is different. Um, and so there is no, really no way that we can map it out because, how can you map out infinite possibilities? Um, and so that that is the work that I'm doing. And so, you know, my therapist says we're mapping these parts out, but we're not like filling them out on a worksheet. We're just noticing who comes up. And then over time, you know, you notice who comes up multiple times. And then you, you know, you try to work with them so that they're not as activated and they're not taking over, um, from the self, because that's, you know, with trauma and, you know, these parts get really, really intense and, um, they are going to try to help me at all costs. Um, and so, you know, one thing that I thought was really funny is just the figuring it out part in me. Figuring it out is a coping mechanism for me, you know, being able to have all the information and, and come to a conclusion about a situation, um, enables me to feel a little bit safer because I, I'm more informed. I know like the risks I've calculated things out. Um, and so I think that's why this part comes out so much. And again, I'm jumping into the why. I don't need to worry about the why right now. I just need to notice when the figure it out part comes up. And it happens a lot more than I would like to admit, but that is part of the journey. Um, And so, I mean, this was really hard, this session, because I was realizing just how emotionally, how un- emotionally intelligent, emotionally unintelligent. I don't know how we'd word that, but like how much I wasn't emotionally intelligent because I couldn't even name my emotions. I couldn't even figure out what the fuck I was feeling. And, you know, then I'm, I have feelings that I I'm jumping to conclusions. I'm getting really upset and that's not helping the situation either. Um, because I'm like, well, I can't figure it out. I don't know what the issue is. I don't know what the problem is. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I am not going to be able to figure everything out. And I do want to start slow and I want to start at the beginning. And so if I want to be able to fix anything and to achieve a sense of wellness and achieve a sense of balance um, within myself, that Um, and restore, you know, leadership within the self, um, you know, I want to be able to notice things more freely and to welcome them in. And that's the other part of this that feels really silly, um, is, you know, she's like, okay, I see frustration, welcome frustration. 
Uh, literally what she says almost every time there's another part that we, we notice together. So she's like, okay, so I'm, there's some defensiveness here. Welcome defensiveness. Like she doesn't say it every time, but that's like our mantra. All parts are welcome. There are no bad parts. And that kind of, you know, it just really strikes a chord with me because of that's how the mood meters are set up as well. They're not un, they're not bad or good feelings. It's feels pleasant or it feels unpleasant. Um, but just because it feels unpleasant doesn't mean that it's bad. And that's kind of what, um, you know, we really, we really got down to is, you know, I don't need to apply judgment. I don't need to jump ahead. I don't need to try and figure it out. I can just notice it and that's okay. And it's really hard to just notice things without wanting to act on it. And, Part of this, you know, I do think comes from the society that we live in, but it also definitely comes from the background that I have um, and my trauma history and how I was safe in the past or how what caused me to be unsafe. Um, And so, you know, that's why a lot of this is hard because I just had to deal. I had to I had to figure it out. And I haven't trained my body and my brain to be able to just notice and to get curious about things. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to track my mood one more time before the end of this episode. I'm going to track it throughout the day um, a few times as well. And then we'll see. um, We'll see what I'm noticing. So I'm getting a little high energy unpleasant. Um... I do feel a little restless. So it's like, and that's the thing too, is they're like um, color coded. So the closer you get to another quadrant, the um, lighter that color becomes. So um, so I'm looking at the uh, ones that are along the um, low energy pleasant scale. So I feel a little restless. It's right next to energize. Um, but I definitely, I feel like it's restlessness, um, unable to relax due to anxiety or boredom. It's a pretty orange color. So I'm recording. Um, I am by myself. I am at home. Um, and I, what might be causing me to feel restless is I'm thinking ahead to, um, all of the stuff I need to do with my podcast. Okay. So I put in the time, I'm going to save it. And now I do want to shift how I am feeling. So I'm going to go to the learn tab. So recommended for restless, there's two. There's one that's called a body scan and one that's called a self-massage. So I am just going to do the body scan right now. Um, I'm also going to track this on my Fitbit because... Okay. So I'm going to check it on the body scan. I'm going to do it on my Fitbit and let's see what this uh, is. So it says, take a seat, focus on your feet. Okay. So I am So 
So sense what's happening in your feet. Pressure, vibration, numbness, whatever it is, just take it in without judgment. Then this says to focus on your legs. Bring your attention to your legs and notice what sensations you're experiencing there. And again, I'm not trying to change these sensations. I'm just noticing them. Next, just focus on your belly. Notice what's happening in your belly. Tension, relaxation. Notice how it moves as you breathe. Again, not trying to change anything. Just doing a few deep breaths and noticing how it feels in my belly. Then it says to focus on your chest. Spend a moment in the center of your chest where your heart is and see what you notice here. It may feel open or closed off. There is no right or wrong. So the center of my chest feels a little closed off. Okay, focus on my head, bringing awareness to the top of my head and sense what's happening there. Is it hot or cool? Is there tension? Feel the hair or air on my face. And I'm noticing that I have a slight tension headache from my hair being up. I notice that my eyelids still feel really heavy from yesterday. I had a lot of crying. Okay. Um, And then it just says to repeat. So repeat it again with the same parts of the body or move from your feet to the top of your head more systematically. So like if you want to do your, your toes... If you want to do your ankles, if you want to be more specific, you always can. Okay, so I finished that. And then how helpful was this strategy? So I'm going to say it was a little helpful. Um, I do feel a little bit more um, calm. So there's, you know, recommended for restless. There's all these other ones in here. Wow, there's like get some distance, take another perspective, body scans, loving kindness meditation. So a lot of meditation apps. Uh or not apps, but like little activities that you can do. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the takeaway from this episode is that we could all probably do to notice things a little bit more, taking some time to um, slow down and be curious and just notice the feelings. I don't always have to do something about them. Yes, I do have to emotionally regulate, you know, when I'm out in the world. But as we work on this exercise and on this practice, like I can just do it here and there. And the more I do it, the more, um, the easier it'll be. And the easier it is, the more likely I am to do it. So I'm going to challenge you guys as listeners to also um, perhaps download this app. And I'll share a link in the show notes if um, for anybody who is interested and, um, you know, let me know how it works for you. So I also want to just recognize that I initially did, um, recommend a different app. Um, when I started the podcast in episode three, I think episode season one, episode three. Um, and I couldn't find that app. So I'm not sure if it exists anymore or if it got rebranded. Um, so if anybody knows of anything about the, um, 
the Hope Project, the Moon Meter app um, that I mentioned previously, let me know. Or if there's any other ones that you're using that um, you'd like me to test out and share on the show, let me know as well. Because that's the thing too. I am if this app, you know, I end up not liking it, I don't want it to be a deal breaker. There's plenty of other ones that do similar sorts of things. Um, and I think it would be really nice to um, to try out a variety of things and see which tool helps me the most. Um, so I will check back in uh, probably tomorrow with how the app went and uh, or maybe even over the course of a, a week or so. Uh, but yeah. All right. Well, as promised, I am back with uh, an update on the How We Feel app. So it's been a little bit more than a week since I recorded the episode originally. Um, So it's now almost the end of February. And um, so I've been using this app for about two months. So far, I have mapped 58 unique feelings um, including tired, which is very frequent. Let's see. I'm just clicking on some random ones. I felt thoughtful. I felt alienated, guilty, motivated, comfortable, calm. Um, so lots of different things. Um, the last few feelings that I've tracked, I felt irritated, which is a high energy unpleasant. Um, I felt stressed. I felt panicked. Those were all over the past few days. Um, I've also added my partner, Alex, on the app. You can add people um, as friends, and then you can see what the other person is feeling. So I know most people are probably like, why would you like care what your friends are feeling throughout the random points in the day. Um, cause you know, we are all very, uh, focused on our own selves and especially if, uh, you know, our friends are like live far away, we can't interact with them. It's, it can kind of seem silly to have that friend feature, but I think that it's really useful for me and Alex personally, because we are both trying to build this skill together Um, and Alex specifically struggles with, um, figuring out what he's feeling. I mean, I do too, but like Alex, um, is much newer to it than I am and he is right here. So he doesn't have to jump in. I know that I'm putting him on the spot right now, but have you felt that it's gotten a little bit easier to recognize your emotions and figure out what you're feeling? With yeah. those prompts? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he feels successful with it. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do. And I really like it because Alex struggles with, like, even if he knows what he's feeling, he struggles with communicating that. I think we both do as well. Um, but it's a lot easier to put it in an app and then automatically send it to the other person than having to be like, hey, I am feeling this way. Because then you have to get a lot more vulnerable. Um, And you can like react to it on there. And it's just, it's really nice for me personally, because I need a lot of communication and I want to know what Alex is feeling, what Alex is going through. Um, And it's a hard thing for him to do. He can do it on the app. And then I still have an idea of like how his day went without him needing to tell me. Um, So I can kind of 
you know, plan out how I'm going to like, uh, respond to what he's feeling and, um, see if there's anything that I can do to help. Um, and vice versa. Like he's, there's been a few times where like I put in uh, a less than pleasant feeling. I don't remember what it was right now, but then he would text me or Snapchat me and be like, Oh, what's causing you to feel this way? Like, do you want to talk about it? So it's been, um, good like prompting for us to start having these conversations more regularly. Um, there's also the learn tab, which is really cool. Um, so there's some videos that they go through. Um, so I've watched, and I think you unlock different lessons, the more feelings that you track and different activities, the more that you track. So, um, I've done six lessons. One is, you know, are you an emotion scientist or an emotion judge? So it talks about like, you can either want to figure out and understand your emotions or you can judge yourself for having them. That was a really helpful, um, little video to watch. Um, the next one was there are no bad emotions, which I talk about all the time. Like there's not good or bad, but there's unpleasant or pleasant or comfortable or uncomfortable. Um, like all emotions do serve a purpose and there's a reason that we have them. So it's, um, you know, by saying you have a bad emotion, that's applying a judgment to it that we don't need to do. Um, so that was also a really good one. There was one about how emotions are like the weather, one that was looking at, um, you know, your emotions have global themes. And then there's a few more that I have not done yet. So the next few are when emotions take the wheel. Um, so actually, I'm going to open this up and see how the quality sounds um, and just listen to this video so you guys can see what the lesson is as well. Did you know your emotions affect how you see the world, literally causing your brain to shift the way you perceive reality? Studies show that your feelings impact your judgment, taking the wheel and driving the way you think and behave. Let me explain. Imagine you're late to meet a good friend when you get a text with bad news. You hop in the car and can't stop thinking about the message you just received. The more you think about it, the angrier you get. It feels like your emotions are grabbing the wheel, steering you in a dangerous direction. In these moments, your judgment is impaired. Your mood is actually driving, influencing your ability to make good decisions for yourself in the present. This is an ideal time to practice being an emotion scientist. Rather than denying a feeling, what if you took a moment to check in, acknowledge it, and ask yourself, what am I actually feeling now and why? By simply asking yourself that, you put yourself back in the driver's seat. Remember, emotions guide your everyday thinking and behavior. By checking in and investigating what's really driving how you feel, you can set yourself up for greater success in all areas of your life. Emotions can impact your judgment, and awareness makes all the difference. All right. So um, I'm going to say that was a little helpful. Um, um, so I'm marking that as a little helpful. Uh, it's something that I kind of already knew, but it's a good reminder to have. And then, um, you know, I was the title of this when emotions take the wheel and like the beginning of it, I was kind of like, eh, I don't like that we're reinforcing the idea that like emotions make you unable to like be rational and, and make good decisions. But that is literally true. <laughs> like when you're activated and your amygdala takes over, the rational part of your brain shuts down. Um, but by being able to check in and notice your emotions and and try to investigate it and get curious about it, 
um, you're forcing your rational brain to get back online. Um, so I was a little helpful. Um, and then there's all these other activities in here. You know, if you're feeling a certain way, there's different things, um, for, uh, if you're feeling irritated, uh, you can meet your best self. You can take another perspective. You can travel in time. Um, there's just like little strategies and ways of thinking about things. There's also some mindful sessions, um, some things to help change your thinking. And then there's also doing something different. So like, um, there's, a section for moving your body. I didn't see this one actually at all. I didn't know it had all of this stuff in here. So there's like, if you're feeling, um, you know, down or something, you can do a little bit of stretching. Um, there's also like reaching out so you can, uh, build into intimacy and trust to important tools for emotional well-being with social strategies. So there's things in here for, if you want a more social tool, um, you can do that. There's also self-care stuff. So this is a really great app. I highly, highly recommend it to anybody that wants to practice um, identifying and regulating their emotions a little bit. I think it's a really good first start. Um, I do have to say that like I don't do a lot of the activities and I don't listen to a lot of the videos. Like now I go in and I track my mood um, or my feeling and that's about it. I do a little bit of reflection on it sometimes, but I'm still very much in just the noticing stage and that's okay. Um, I think it's better for me to be in that stage than trying to jump ahead and like trying to regulate immediately because, um, you know, regulate is the last letter in the ruler acronym. So it makes sense that that's going to be the, the last thing that we start to do. Um, so yeah, uh, go download how we feel. And if you want to be friends on there, let me know. Um, so it's a way where we can, you know, you can start sharing your, uh, emotions with someone else, even if it's just, uh, your favorite podcast host. (laughs) All right. So, Gratitude check. Um, I guess for my gratitude today, um, it's going to be that I had three days in a row off. Um, after a very hellish busy season, I finally had some time to myself. I was able to get a lot of crafting done. It was very nice. Um, I'm back in the crochet uh, hyperfixation. So um, if you want a scarf, let me know because I'm working on them. Um, but yeah, with that, keep trying to get through the Menti Bees and keep crying in your shubbies. Bye. Thanks for joining for another episode. You can find the show on social media on Instagram and Twitter at crying underscore trying underscore pod and on Facebook at crying and trying pod. You can also find me personally on Instagram and Twitter at L-E-X-G-O-N-G-I-V-I-T-2-Y-A underscore. If you'd like to email the show, feel free to send us questions, comments, episode suggestions, and any other feedback you want us to see to cryingandtryingpod at gmail.com. The best way for a small independent podcast like us to grow is for our listeners like you to share your favorite episodes with your friends. You can also rate, leave a review, and follow the show on your preferred streaming platform. And engaging in any of our social media posts will always help us be more visible. 
If you would like to support the show with a small one-time or monthly donation, you can do so through our podcast page on Anchor or through the Buy Me a Coffee page where blog posts related to the show are posted. All donations, no matter how small, go right back into the show so I can continue bringing you high-quality episodes. I am a proud member of the PodPros community and utilize PodMatch to connect with many amazing guests. This podcast is researched, recorded, produced, and edited by me, Lexi Hamsmith, using Anchor by Spotify. Thanks for listening.